0: You are listening to the Controller One Gaming Podcast, dedicated to bringing you the latest talk in modern games, as well as going back to generations past and talking about your favorite retro classic games. Hello everybody, and welcome to episode 4 of Controller 1 Gaming. I am your host, Pete Doerr, and today is July 21st, 2007. Okay, so, last week, I just want to get this off real quick. I talked about doing possibly an achievement podcast. Uh, I made the website and made the main theme and everything, but then uh, I didn't get around to it. I was just... I don't think I'm going to do it for right now, so... Just figured I'd say that. Don't go looking for No Achievement Podcast. Okay, second of all, I talked about how I'd be getting 99 Nights and Bullet Witch in the Mail from Gamefly, which I did, and I played both of them, so I'll be talking about both of those shortly. I also downloaded Golden Axe and Sonic from Xbox Live Arcade, and I uh, bought both of them, actually. So I'll also be talking about those for the retro section. And since last week, I got caught up in talking about so many games, I actually forgot to mention two of my favorite ones that I actually played, maybe because they were demos, but I played the Blue Dragon demo on Xbox 360, and I also played the Dynasty Warriors Gundam demo on the PlayStation 3. Uh, I forgot to talk about those last week, so I'll be doing that this week. Okay, so, first, let us I'll talk about Bullet Witch, which is the first game I played. Um, I went into it because everybody always talks about how such a bad game it is, and how, oh man, if you want to get all the achievements, you got to play through it five times, so I figured I'd give it a rent, because it's an action shooter, I mean, I, I couldn't, I figured it couldn't be that bad, so I, I actually, I beat it two times, I beat it on easy, and I beat it on medium, mostly for achievements, um, and I kind of, I have to say that I wasn't overall impressed with it, but I wasn't, it it was better than i thought it would be that that's how i'll say it was better it wasn't terrible as the reviews and everybody makes it out to be but it's definitely definitely not a buy maybe not even a rental unless you're into achievements because the game just feels kind of unfinished but i'll tell you some of the things they have in the game are totally awesome. I mean, this game had so much potential with its magic system and like the destructive powers that you have. I mean, I was really impressed with some of the moments in this game and some of the boss fights and other times I was just really underwhelmed, especially with the level designs themselves and the enemies and all that. So, let me just I'll talk about it a little bit because um, I, I know not too many people probably won't even want to play this because of all the bad talk about it, but I'm here to tell you that it's not as bad as you think, okay? Some people I know played it, they don't even get past the first level, but in the first level, the first, you get a, a spell called lightning, well, first of all, I'll just say that all you do in this game is you get from point A to point B of the levels, and there's six levels, and some levels take an hour to beat, others take 20 minutes, so it's it's a fairly short game. And you have different weapons to use, like a shotgun, and a gatling gun, and a sniper, and a machine gun. I mainly use the machine gun only. Uh, and you also have magic to use, like that can stop enemies in their tracks. You can move cars or any objects. But you also have magic like lightning, which might sound to you like, oh, you cast a lightning bolt out of your hand. No, This the magic in this game is crazy. If you cast lightning on... A building, or any kind of surroundings, they crumble, they blow up, I mean, the physics are really good, and everything just crumbles, and it's huge explosion, and this big thunderwork show that they put on, I mean, it, it was, it's really impressive with the magic, and there's another spell called Tornado, which casts a huge tornado that goes through the level, and in particular, one spot where you really have to use it, it's like in a hangar base, and like, the hangers rip apart and they go flying and the helicopters get caught up in it. Trucks. I mean, it, it looks really, really good. The spell effects. And I really wish that if the game was better, they could have really done some stuff with like this. Because there's also another spell where you can throw around like cars into enemies. And it works pretty good, even though mainly I just run through the level shooting and using the powerful magic when I need to. But... Other than that, the levels are really basic. You just run through them. The same enemies every freaking level. There's only, like, three different enemy types in the game. There's the normal zombies with guns. And then they have, like, these weird head monsters that, like, shoot flames at you or come running up to you, like, creepy Silent Hill style. Uh, And then they also have giant enemies, which there are pretty few of. But actually, with the very few boss fights there are in the game, there's, I think, two... I think, yeah... Two main boss fights. One of them, you're like on the top of a plane battling this Panzer Dragoon type of thing that you'd see in one of those games, and the final boss, which uh, was pretty annoying to me. It took about a half an hour to to an hour to beat my first time. But the game is just a basic run and gun shooter. I would recommend if you're fairly interested in it to rent it. Do not buy this game. Okay, I beat it two times just for the achievements. And I was kind of forced myself to beat it on, like, at least four of the difficulties. But I, I put it in the mailbox today. I couldn't go through it a third time. It was just way too repetitive. Okay, so the second game I played was 99 Nights, also on the Xbox 360. And I only played the first level or two when I first got it. Until I beat Bullet Witch, but I just went back right before recording this, and I beat the first character story, and I'm halfway through the second character story, and I can say that the demo really doesn't do this game justice that they have on 360. It's a lot better than I thought. Like, I've it's the characters their their voice acting's terrible, but just based on the two characters, both of them play really different. Their weapons and their attack combos are all different. The enemies are pretty, they're pretty interesting, like, in one of the levels with the first character that you play as, you're fighting these little frog men with spears and a big giant frog king, and the final boss was pretty challenging, because they do a lot of damage. Um, but the level, some of them look really nice, like, one level you're on planes, and there's, you gotta battle some big orcs, and some flying dragons, and... I mean, let me tell you, this game is what Dynasty Warriors should be on 360. There are so many enemies on the screen, it is unbelievable. I mean, I I don't count, but if I had to guess, I'd say there's anywhere between 500 to 1,000 enemies on screen sometimes. And usually the frame rate doesn't even drop. There was only one or two instances where it kind of like was slow-paced, but not terribly, uh, the frame rate never, it, really drops that bet, and it keeps up really well, and because of that, the battles look really epic. Despite the fact that it suffers from the same thing Dinosaur Warriors does, where your enemies and your allies, they basically just stand around looking at each other. There were times where I would leave my allies to try and battle some of the enemies by themselves, and there would be one enemy, and my whole entire group of allies just stood there looking at him, and they could not kill him. So, for the most part, all your allies do are just—they just serve as decoys for for the enemies, which is pretty good because let me tell you, the life in this game isn't too frequent, and it get, it goes down pretty quick if you get hit in the back even from regular enemies. And the thing is, if you're playing an hour level and you get up to the last boss and you die, you have to start all the way from the beginning, which hasn't happened to me yet, but it's happened like halfway through a level. And I couldn't imagine how annoying that can be on some of the levels i played. Uh, but overall really enjoyable. It's it's like Dynasty Warriors, only a lot more enemies. It's more in a fantasy setting like Lord of the Rings where you're battling orcs and trolls and dragons and all that kind of stuff. And the settings are also more fantasy in a forest or on uh, desert plains or by a castle or something like that. And you have these big huge uh like sort of like overdrive, Final Fantasy type attacks where you just go crazy on the enemies and you can kill like a whole entire screen of them within ten seconds with these attacks. So I was really I'm really impressed with the game so far. I can tell it's gonna get repetitive just due to the fact that the only difference really are the stories, which to me I don't I kinda watch some of them just to see what I think about them, but voice acting is really bad, and I can't get, with bad voice acting, I can't get emotionally attached to any characters that care about watching their stories. So, that was that was it for those two games that I rented. Uh, no more Bullet Witch, but I will be playing more 99 Nights before I return that. I plan on playing through all the characters. I don't plan on getting an A-ranking on each level, or getting them to level 9 for 400 achievement points, because... It takes a very long time. But last week, I forgot to mention that I also played the Blue Dragon demo on 360, and I'm surprised I forgot to mention that, because it's a very, very, not only good game, but an awesome demo, because they let you play a lot of it. Like, most demos, you go in and they only give you 5 or 10 minutes, especially in RPG demos. This this demo gives you 2 full hours of playtime. So, they give you an option to play through two different parts of the game. So I picked the first one, and it seemed pretty standard. You know, you get your... Well, the one thing I like is five-person parties. It's been a while since... I think it's five or six, I forget. I think it's one, two, three... I think it's five, six? I don't remember how many were in the party, but it's been a while since I've played a good RPG that allows you to have a lot of people in your party. Something that I wish Final Fantasy XII would have done but that's that's another story but blue dragon plays out like a very standard japanese rpg i mean it's kind of like it reminded me of chrono trigger in a way where you move around the maps and you see the enemies and they randomly pop out sometimes to surprise you um you during the battles you can your 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 shadow forms attack instead of you so It's mainly your little characters on screen and they all have their big shadows. And these shadow creatures, you can customize them to different jobs. Like the white mage is a bull or the monk is uh, like a... Oh no, the assassin's like a big bat pig guy. Like each job support class or whatever has a different looking shadow creature. So I thought that was pretty cool. And in the demo, they actually let you customize like all different jobs for them. And a lot, a lot of different support abilities and and spells and stuff that you can put on characters that can really change the way the battle goes. And the graphics look really good, especially in the battles. But really, it's all standard. The only thing I wasn't impressed with in the, in the, in the battles is your characters, they all seem to have the same types of, like, magic attacks and everything. So, I don't know, maybe I was missing something, but it seemed a little bit limited in terms of, like, big attack spells and everything. They're all kind of, you know, cure, revive, status alignments, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's really standard in terms of sticking to the roots of Japanese RPGs, but it does a really good job because the characters, they all look like something out of like Dragon Ball Z, and it looks amazing in HD. But getting, talking about the characters, what really impressed me the most were the boss battles. Uh, They had a lot of a lot of personality to them like they're moving around during the fight or they they might talk a little bit you know still still kind of standard for rpgs but the boss battles look awesome especially when we fight this huge huge robot i mean and the animations are all good the enemies are always animated spells look awesome especially the overdrive attacks which basically annihilate anything in the demo so if you're looking for a challenge don't use those attacks um, and one thing that surprised me was the the music in the game was actually really good. Except the boss battle music took me by surprise. It sounded like Iron Maiden, which, uh, like it has a lead singer and everything, and it's like rock power metal music. I later found out that it was the singer from a band called Deep Purple. Sorry, I don't listen to them, but I have heard of them, but it sounds a lot like Iron Maiden. And it actually grew on me, despite, I can imagine, that song becoming very, very repetitious as you play through the game, because it's the same lyrics repeated over and over and over, but luckily it's not too annoying. So the first half of the the demo is they let you play one hour of that. I actually didn't get to finish it, because it's a lot to do in one hour, and then I went on to the second part of the demo, and it was like in—it was in a far setting. The first one was more in like an industrial plant, I guess. But the second one was like in a forest. New enemies, but then as I went through, I got about—I don't know—15 minutes into it, and then I ran into this three-headed Hydra monster. And as soon as I got into the battle with it, it froze all my guys and gave me the game over screen. So I took a break from it and haven't played it since. But I do plan on going back to that and playing more because I did enjoy it. And that's it for the Blue Dragon demo, for what I have to say with it. I'm definitely anticipating this game. I don't think I'm going to rent it unless it's really short. I'm going to buy it. Very impressed with it. Uh, So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. The next demo I played was Dynasty Warriors Gundam on the PlayStation 3. And I expected this game to be really bad because Gundam games have they have a knack for being bad games overall, especially another Gundam game, like they seem to get really repetitive, but I'll say that I was really impressed with this demo, basically because it brings something fresh to the Dynasty Warriors formula. I mean, and by by fresh, I mean giving it a whole new universe. I mean, I'm a pretty big Gundam fan. I like Gundam Wing, and I like the 8th MS team. I haven't watched any of the other series, really. But I I really enjoyed the new, I'll call it, paint job for the series. I mean, fighting in giant robots with all these big attacks and everything, and going up against other Gundams that I recognize from different series, I found it a lot of, of fun. I mean, it's still the standard... Dinosaur Warriors game where you just go around fight big huge waves of terrible AI enemies and then you get the occasional pretty tough boss fight but it was fun like there's a lot of enemies on screen and the environment that you, they let you play in looked terrible like I mean all the characters and the Gundams they all look good but the environment was just really bland but other than that it was really fun to use Gundams and battle Gundams with their swords and their big blasters and their Combos and everything, I actually really enjoyed it. So, the demo itself lasted maybe 20 25 minutes to beat the level. But I like Dinosaurs, but the thing that gets old for that game for me is it's always the same characters in like the feudal Japan and all that kind of stuff, or China or whatever. Uh, so, being in the Gundam universe with the same game formula, it was pretty refreshing. I don't know if I'm going to buy the game, I'll probably rent it because it's coming out on the 360, so I'll be able to get some achievement points for that. But if you have a PS3, the demo is out, definitely worth the download, and also there's supposed to be a, a 360 demo, which will probably be out by the time you listen to this, so definitely check that game out as well. So next week I might have one new game from Gamefly to talk about because I actually I put Bullet Witch in the mail today, but the mailman didn't take it, so I haven't sent any of them back to Gamefly, and since it generally takes me being on the East Coast uh, probably turnaround a week to get my games, I probably won't have any new 360 games to talk about next week, so I'll go back and I'll play some older games. Uh, I know I said I'd play some Jaguar games for this episode, but I got caught up in um, Bullet Witch a little bit too much. Uh, so next week, I don't for 360 games... Uh, I probably won't have any new ones, and if, even if I did, I couldn't tell you which ones, because all the games I have on my, my GameCube, um, they, none of them might chip, because they're all low availability. But the last thing that I played this week was, I also bought Bomberman Live for the Xbox 360, and I was looking forward to this even before they announced it, because I always hoped that they'd release a, a live, online Bomberman for the 360, and it is awesome. Uh, it's probably the second best Bomberman I've ever played because I, I still really love the formula of Bomberman 64. But eight-player online is so much fun. The first day I had it, I played over 450 rounds, and I won about 200 of them. Which, for temporarily like overnight, was I was ranked number two on the player matches. So I I was pretty I was having fun with it. They give you. A couple of maps, some of them are worse than others. They got the classic map, and they got one strange map that's not the same as the others. Overall, they're not... I really prefer the classic one to all the other ones, because most of the other ones, especially the one with the teleporters, is pretty annoying. But with eight people, especially people that talk, it is a lot lot of fun to play. Totally worth 800 points. I mean, it's classic Bomberman with tons of power-ups. Um, and a lot of customization, you can choose what weapons you want in the level or time limits. You know, the stuff that you would expect, but you can, you can customize it pretty pretty well. Uh, they, got, they got Revenge, thank God. And they also have Super Revenge, where if you get killed, you'll be in a cart on the outside of the level with the other players. And if you manage to kill somebody else that's still alive, you'll go back into the game. That's my favorite mode. That way, even if you die, you still feel like you're playing especially if you can get back into the game. So, that's a lot of fun. Also, they let you customize your Bomberman with a lot of different costume parts that you find in the single player, which are pretty boring to collect, but it's fun to be able to make, like, a, an angel head Bomberman with wearing, like, a, a Spartan outfit, wearing glasses. I mean, the, cust- the customization, a lot of people, unless everybody follows the same formula and uses, like, Outfits that you're supposed to use together. There's, I think they said over 10,000 different combinations. So online, nobody's bomber men are really gonna look the same, unless they all play with like matching costumes. So I think that's that's pretty cool. And also, they have, of course, leaderboards for all the ranked and player match. I love it when they have ranked player because I prefer player um, because if you play ranked you don't have the customization options that you would normally have, and also, there's no revenge, and I find it really boring. If you die, you have to sit out for a minute or two or more uh, for the game to finish. Alright, so that's all I played for this week, and like I said, next week I'll probably play some older games uh, that I haven't played in a while, and I might have more 360 games, I'm not totally sure. Alright, so now I'm going to get into the retro section and talk about... Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and Golden Axe on the Xbox 360. I'll just start off by saying that I already own Sonic 1 and Golden Axe, but I bought them on 360 mainly because they had updated visuals for HD, uh, a little bit better sound, as well as the achievements. And I like playing them on widescreen too, so that that was good. Uh, so the first one I played was Sonic 1, and it's the same Sonic as it always was, except now they have this new feature where you can blend the pixels, uh, on Sonic and Golden Axe, so I imagine any future uh, Sega titles coming out will have this feature. But what it basically does is it makes... It makes all the, it takes away all the pixelation and makes everything look kind of like a Flash cartoon. Kind of like what they did with Double Dragon, except this looks better, because it doesn't look like a... <laughs> it's hard to explain, but it, it takes the pixelation out. It makes it look really nice on HDTV, so that that's good. And supposedly they say that it has enhanced audio, which I couldn't really hear... It sounds like the same tunes to me. I also have surround sound, so it, it sounds just like a Genesis game. I beat the game uh, mainly, though, because they allow you to use a save feature where, say, you're halfway through the game, you can save it, and if you want to go do something else, like go eat dinner or something, you can come right back to it and turn. It, you can turn off the system, come back to it, and load it up. So uh, people probably exploit that by saving like every five or ten minutes. That way, <laughs> that way, if they make a big mistake, it can go back. I only saved after every level. That way, if I lost too many lives or something, I can just restart. I wasn't there saving every 5 or 10 minutes. But I did beat the game. I also beat it without, without uh, dying. Which, it, I didn't do that on my first time through. I had to do it again. Basically, I had to get myself familiarized with the game. The secret to doing that is just always make sure you have rings. If you always have rings on you, they're so easy, especially one ring. Just run back and grab it. You'll always be alive. You just gotta remember where all the spikes are and stuff, though, because that that's instant death. So, Sonic 1, worth a buy if you're into achievements, because there's some easy and there's some really challenging, like, especially getting all the Chaos Emeralds, something like that. Probably, I don't have them familiarized, so something like that, you would probably have to make clever use of the save feature, if you know what I mean. Um, but if you own it on Genesis, and you don't consider achievements all that important, or like a nice, clean, crisp HD display, don't buy it. Not worth your five bucks, you can get the Genesis cart for two, a dollar, not even. Now, for Golden Axe, uh, I actually prefer, well, first of all, let me just get off topic a little bit here. If you haven't noticed, my opening to the show has changed. Because the first opening I had, it sounded a little bit, like, too serious, especially the voice. And the music was from Golden X too. It was a boss battle. I love that song, but to me, the opening theme needed a little bit more of originality and punch. So, actually, the opening theme now is the first level of Sonic 2. With a nice, nice sound to it, I love. I love the opening song now, so I hope you like the new opening. That's what I'm going to be using from now on. Rest in peace, to Golden X2 <laughs> music. Even though I think Golden X2 has one of the best soundtracks in gaming history, but I think I think that the opening music had to change for now. But Golden X1 is also a very good game, even even though it's not as good as Golden X2 in my opinion. It's it's still a v- awesome beat em up. It's extremely short, especially if you play co-op. You can beat the game in, I'm not even kidding, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, but it's a good 10 to 15 minutes. It, uh, it plays just like the second Golden Axe, except less less flair to it. Um, I prefer to play, I, in Golden Axe too, actually, I like to play as the dwarf. But in Golden Axe 1, I'm telling you, the Valkyrie, the woman... She has the most insane magic. If you get her magic charged up all the way, which takes a lot of potions, by the way, if you use that on a boss, some or anywhere, a big huge ass dragon comes out and just rips everything apart. And if you use that on the final boss, it's so or any boss for that matter, it makes it so much easier. I'm, I'm telling you, you, must take away like the f- 75% of the final boss's health. It's ridiculous. Even you probably have to save up a lot of magic jars, though. So that's the thing. I like playing it on co-op online, which is really the only reason I bought it. If it didn't have that, I I probably wouldn't have bought it, because I already have it on... I have a couple of versions of it, especially the PSP version, which I can take on the go with me. But playing it online is nice. Um... Especially when beating the game without continuing is extremely hard, so having a second friend there with you will make it a little easier, even though I myself haven't been able to get someone that's good enough to help me get to the end without continuing, so if anybody wants to play, just send me a message, Gamer tags GamerTagsPeteDoor. Uh, I enjoy it online. I can see myself playing it a couple more times, even after I get all the achievements, just because it's a fun game to play. Single player, it's not that great. A little bit a little bit on the boring side, just like Double Dragon, but if you play it with two people, it's the type of game that you can go back to and just play for the fun of it, see who gets the higher score at the end of the game, um, and the thing, alright, I'll just say the thing that I like about the Golden Axe series so much, uh, I'm not a huge, huge fan, I'm not a big, huge fan of beat-em-ups, but the thing is, with Golden Axe, it's in an, it's in a fantasy setting, with dwarves and dragons and big monsters and headless knights and everything so to me that appeals to me more than I was never a huge uh, Streets Streets of Rage fan so Golden Axe just appeals to me just for that reason and being able to use the magic um But like I said though, don't buy this if you already own it unless you're really into the achievements. Even though I can kind of recommend Golden Axe a little bit more over Sonic. Just because it has the online co-op. And it also has the same music and the graphics look really nice when you use the pixel shader. So it makes it look nice in HD. And next week I'm not sure what the next arcade game is coming out on 360. uh, But I do know that they have announced a lot of games for the arcade at E3. A lot of games that I'm looking forward to, like Every Extend Extra Extreme or Space Giraffe. And I heard they're also working on Sonic the Hedgehog, too. And there's a lot of nice 3D games that are supposed to be coming out on the arcade. And some of them I can't imagine being any less than uh, 1,200 points. So, look forward to spending a lot of money on the arcade if you're into that kind of stuff. Next week, I... I still want to play my Jaguar, so maybe next week I'll talk about some Jaguar for the retro section, uh, since I probably won't have any 360 games to play, any new ones. Alright, so that's it for the retro section for this week, and I want to quickly do a little tiny bit of news, because I'm running up onto the half an hour mark, and like I said in last week's episode, I'm slowly trying to wean myself into getting the target episode time between 20 minutes and 30 minutes because I think going over 30 minutes is a little bit too long for a one man podcast. So I'm going to get right into a little bit of gaming news. One little quick bit of news that I wanted to just mention was September 13th, I don't know if that's Japan or U.S., the news story doesn't really say, but Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core is supposed to release with a special edition PSP limited to 77,707 units, uh, and it comes with a little bust-a-sword keychain and a, and, a and a different artwork on the PSP. I don't know. To me... <laughs> buying a new PSP just for that might not be worth it. Only Maybe if it's the, the PSP 2.0 or 2000 as they're calling it. Uh, that's 2000 is the model number for the new slim PSP that, that was announced at uh, E3. But I, I'm going to be buying one of the new slim PSPs just for the... I'm probably going to get the Star Wars version with Darth Vader on the back and get the new Battlefront game for $200 and then just sell my old PSP and basically make back any money that I lost almost. Because the cost of the game will probably make up for it. Nippon Ichi has also announced *The Sky* 3 for the PlayStation 3, which is—it was actually a surprise to me because I never expected them to bring uh, a, a 2D sprite game like *The Sky* over to the P- PS3. Uh, and based on the screens, it actually looks. Pretty good, I guess, based for, for screens. I'm interested to see how they get that series onto the PS3 and use use the PS3 to its maximum potential. Play with the spell effects and everything, and I'm sure the sprites look really smooth. I haven't. I've only played a little bit of the first one that I've talked about in past episodes, so I'd have to play the second one before. I might buy the third one though, just because I'd <laughs> I'd want a game like that on PS3. So I'm happy to hear that they're that the PS3 is still actually allowing Nippon Cheetah bring the disguise games over to their system. I don't know how well of a sellers they are, but uh, I know it has a big fan base. Another surprising, really surprising bit of news that I just found was the creator of GameFAQs, CJC. He's, uh, he plans on leaving GameFAQs eventually. Uh, for those of you that don't know, you've probably been living under a rock if you don't know Facts, It's the leading game site out there for anything to do with facts and message boards. He uh, he made it back in 1995, and now 12 years later... He sold it to CNET, I think, two years ago, but he just posted on there that he plans on leaving the site for just reasons being that he just wants to move on, so I found that quite shocking since he... I remember... I've been visiting game facts for since, like, 1997, uh, so it, it came as a big shock to me that he would leave this huge website behind that he's worked so hard at. Um, He'll be missed, mainly because he made one of the biggest gaming sites out there, especially one I don't post on there, really. I just like to browse around the message boards, or if I need help on a game occasionally, I like to look at all the facts. So him leaving hopefully means that it keeps the same formula that they, they have right now. It seems to be going pretty well for them. Hopefully they don't sell out to something and just totally ruin the site, so I I wish him a lot of luck. Uh, He should get into something else in the gaming business, even though I doubt he will. He's probably tired of all the 10-year-olds talking about him on the message boards, and that's probably one of the reasons why he wants to get away from uh, GameFAQs, so that came as a surprise. Square Enix also just announced that there will be no playable demo for Final Fantasy thirteen and Final Fantasy Thirteen versus until two thousand eight. So my predictions that I've had all along is we're not gonna see Final Fantasy Thirteen until two thousand early two thousand nine. Um, I mean, they're going to have some video to show off, supposedly, at the Tokyo Game Show, but if anybody remembers Final Fantasy X and how long we had to wait for that game to come out since it was first announced, I highly doubt that Final Fantasy XIII is going to be out on media, on a media disc to play and buy in 2008. Definitely going to be a 2009 release, especially since all we've seen of it so far are just, like, these screenshots and magazines, I mean... No playable demo until next year. That's just a for sure that it's not coming out until 2009, in my opinion. And the last bit of news that I want to talk about that I just found out about yesterday is Castlevania Symphony of the Night came out on the PlayStation Network, to, so that you can download it for ten dollars to play on your PS3 or put it on your PSP. And if you don't own this game, you need if you, and if you don't have a 360. And you only have a PS3, you need to buy this game. First of all, it'll save you a lot of money because even the greatest hits version on eBay is probably like forty or fifty dollars. And the game itself just kicks ass. So ten bucks for to be able to put it on your PSP and PS3 is well worth it. Uh the soundtrack, the gameplay, everything. Awesome game, so definitely buy that. But I do want to warn you that there's a there's a Castlevania game coming out on PSP later this year, I believe. Uh, that will have a playable full game of Castlevania Symphony of the Night on there. So unless you're really dying to play it, I would just wait for that because I think it's a brand new Castlevania game packaged with Symphony of the Night. So I'm, I'm waiting for that. I'm not going to buy it on PS3. I'm just going to buy the, the UMD disc of uh, Symphony of the Night with uh, some other new Castlevania game that's coming out. So that's it for gaming news for this week. Um... Like I said, I like to keep gaming news short to the point and just pick some, some stories that I find interesting to myself. I mean, I could have talked about Peter Moore leaving Xbox, I mean Microsoft. Uh, I could have talked about the sales of the 360 and the Wii and the PS3, but I'm going to leave that to the bigger podcasts that I'm sure a lot of you listen to. I like to pick out the little, little niche stories that I find interesting to myself that I, I, I would like to share with everybody. Alright, so that's the end of this episode. Uh it was about ten minutes shorter than the last episode, so I'm getting better at shortening it down to thirty minutes. Um I would also like to say uh you can email me at pdor three at yahoo dot com or you can just go to the website at controller one gaming dot wordpress dot com and there you can also find all the different ways to contact me. Uh, my gamer tag is Porde. P-E-T-E-D-O-R-R you can email me you can leave me comments on the website Uh, if you would like to guest host on here somehow or just want to drop me an email or a question you can do that Um, and that's really about it for this week Um, I'll be back next week to do this all over again like I said I might try and play some Atari Jaguar since I probably won't have any new 360 games to play um I know I ran a day late with this episode but I'm trying my best to get this out every 7 days exactly but I don't exactly have the easiest schedule especially when I'm going to be going back to college full time um so it'll be a little bit rough for me next month when I when I go back to that I also host um bomberman games if anybody here that listens from the Digital Press website, digipress.com, uh, I am hosting Digital Press only Bomberman live games. So, just send me a message if you want to play. I got I got one to go to in an hour. Yeah, the first one happens in an hour. So, thank you for listening to episode four. And please send me any emails, questions, if you want me to promote. Your podcast or talk about it, just do it. Email me, send me a message, anything, and I will definitely talk about it or play it on the next show. So I will see everybody next week to do this all over again. So, and this is this has been Pete Door on July twenty-first, two thousand and seven, and you were just listening to episode four of Controller One Gaming.